also recording. <laughs> uh, yes, please. <laughs> okay, no worries. Well, this is the first of two podcasts I get to record today, so I'm very excited. This is my full day of podcasting. <laughs> Mr. Popular over here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm recording now. Sorry about that. Okay. No worries. Alrighty, here we go. Okie doke. I like how we're looking right up at your at your um your ceiling there. Did you, did you oh. used to have like a popcorn ceiling? I thought last time I recorded. It's still you. a popcorn ceiling. I, just I, I don't know it. how good the video is. <laughs> Google Hangouts really gives you that definition of, yeah, yeah. of ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're on my phone rather than the computer. Oh. That's why you're at a weird angle. Alrighty. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. Today, I have two former guests. Drumroll, please. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Wait, was that, a, was that for have... us? We were supposed to drumroll? Uh, no, I I did. I, I haven't really thought through a, um, a welcome greeting, obviously. I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> But, <laughs> listener at home, if you're big into drum rolls, fill that in for yourself. <laughs> I have Becca Simmons. Hi, Becca. Hello. And I have John McCoy. Hi, John. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. So this is the special Christmas edition, so I thought I'd have uh, some familiar faces or familiar voices as, a, as it is. <laughs> And uh, hopefully this movie is uh, slightly better than the one you watched before. <laughs> um. you know, I completely, I could not remember the last movie we watched. I tried so, I actually had to like pull it, <laughs> pull it back up in my podcasting. What did we watch? Um, I, I don't have a standard to judge it by then since I'm just blank on, on, it was it was lucky in love. I don't remember anything that happened in that movie. <laughs> yeah, basically, a girl got a job and was busy. That's the whole plot of the movie we watched. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of board meetings. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think this this movie, the one we watched for Christmas, uh, featured I think three less senseless killings. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was a hundred percent murder free this one, so that's always nice. Well, you you don't know that it could have something could have happened behind yeah, the off scenes. screen. Yeah, Darcy seems like a nice person, but what's going on when she's living back in New York City? Yeah. So if you'll indulge me, I have uh, two quizzes to see which of you is the champion of Christmas. Uh-oh. So, okay. <laughs> I have uh, some trivia questions for you. Uh-oh. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I have a trivia game called uh, Christmas Trivia, and it is a really strange game. It has <laughs> the most obscure questions I've ever seen about Christmas. So good oh, luck. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, I promise. I promise. I don't have Google open in another window. <laughs> you better not. Santa is watching. <laughs> now is this a right. buzzing kind of thing? Do we have to like uh, yell uh, to to get uh, to get our answer in first, or are you going to ask each of us an answer in turn? Or no, answer, I'll ask you. Okay. Yeah, I'll ask you each your own personal question. Oh okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Becca, this is a stocking stuffer question. Oh. Who wrote the Christmas murder mystery A Carol in the Dark? <sighs> Oh boy. Christmas murder mystery seems like a real oxymoron. I've never heard of this. I my default would have to be, I guess, Agatha Christie, which seems like an insult to her. I don't know. <laughs> it is uh some woman called Kathleen Jordan. No one has ever heard of this. <laughs> Her sales are going to go up now. We're putting the word Oh, out. I'm sure. <laughs> All 12 of the listeners go out and buy this book and tell me if it's good. <laughs> All right. Holiday traditions. John. Okay. What constitutes a traditional Christmas dinner in Greece? In Greece? Yes. Oh, my God. Um, hmm. Uh... Goose uh, with feta cheese. <laughs> uh, no, it's a roast leg of lamb. Ugh. Oh, that sounds delicious. It does, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, holiday traditions, we did that one. North Pole. Becca, how far away from the real North Pole is North Pole, Alaska? Oh, man. That's, I, I mean, it, it's off by several hundred miles, right? It's probably like a thousand miles. Listen, I went to private school. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's seventeen hundred miles. Okay, I so don't know if that's close enough. <laughs> more, more than more than a couple hundred. <laughs> All right. Oh, great. All right. John, first cardigan, holiday traditions. Um, we already did that one. All right. According to legend, what are unwed women likely to meet if they eat gingerbread men? Oh, likely to meet if they eat gingerbread men. Uh, <laughs> the Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is potential husbands. Oh. So depending on who you end up marrying potentially correct answer i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right that's that's round one uh you're starting off even <laughs> and we'll we'll get into round two after we talk about the movie oh great okay. <laughs> so we watched pride and prejudice and mistletoe which is based on a book that i've already forgotten the author of <laughs> I think it's something like Dela Cruz or something. Uh, Melissa Dela Cruz. Oh, okay. I got it right. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually read 
this book. Not because I'm so dedicated to my podcast, but because I'm a part of a book club. (laughs) (laughs) And we picked this book before we even knew Hallmark was going to make this movie. How's the book? um, Is it good? I liked the end. Uh, I didn't like anything before it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You liked the end just because it was the end? (laughs) No, it did something interesting with um, Darcy in Pride and Prejudice and in Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe gives a horrible um, proposal and gets shot down. And um, in getting shot down, Elizabeth slash Luke, um, like, says you're selfish and snobbish and bad. And um, so in the end of Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe, she's able to be like, do you really think all that about me? And they kind of have like more of a discussion about that and are able to move past it, which is kind of nice. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the book at least does something with the Pride and Prejudice conceit beyond simply borrowing a few names which is all that the hallmark uh, movie seems to do it's so strange even when i was reading pride and prejudice and mistletoe there's that and there's the fact that darcy has a friend named bingley and bingley is dating luke's brother another bennett and uh she kind of interferes with bingley telling him like you live in la it could never work out you should not like pursue him as much and then uh she has to like fix it by telling bingley like no you know you're clearly in love with this guy jim go pursue jim more um that's the only thing that looks like pride and prejudice in the book pride and prejudice and mistletoe i i felt like i was losing my mind i i messaged megan a few days ago saying i had to like reread the spark notes i know it's been a while since i read Pride and Prejudice. I just don't see the similarity. <laughs> <laughs> right. We should we should mention to the 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 listeners that this the movie, not the book. I, I can't speak to the book, although I, I did read a few uh, reviews of the book online just to try and get a feel about whether the book had more plot than this movie did. Um, the movie basically ginger swaps the characters of Darcy and Elizabeth. Darcy gets to still be Darcy being a gender uh, ambiguous name and Liz gets to be Luke and they have there is a place called Pimberley that they go to and that's about it as far as Pride and Prejudice references go in this uh, in this TV movie right it just feels like I, I guess maybe Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe was like a popular book but it, it has nothing in common even with that book, except that Darcy was on a debate team with Luke. That gets mentioned in the movie as well. But in the book, she's supposed to go home because her mom is sick. And in this, she has to go home to help plan a party because all Hallmark <laughs> movies are like, we have to plan a party or we have to bake cookies because there's an event. <laughs> that, that's quite telling to me because one of the things I would say off, off the bat about this movie is it is so low stakes. Oh, Everything yeah. in here is there is no conflict at all through the entirety of the two hours of this uh, TV show and the fact that, for example, she's going home to plan a, a charity party in the movie as opposed to just care for her 
sick mother that just is indicative of the way that this film wants to be wants everything to be pleasant and nice and everyone no one does anything objectionable in this movie which is really strange considering that pride and prejudice is about two uh you know uh jerk characters who end up liking (laughs) each other at the end yeah there's even the line delivery no matter how serious it is they're all done with a smile everybody's got a smile on their face no matter what they're talking about and any kind of conflict is like you said really low stakes but also resolved in the same breath it just nothing lasts more than about 15 seconds before they've already got the solution for it and it goes off without a hit (laughs) yeah they have like an event the mom already has pretty much planned most of it they have to decorate an already decorated house with a theme (laughs) and then they need to get christmas trees to auction off to people and they need to have it decorated by a designer is that a thing (laughs) i don't know know if it is or not this this whole movie was sort of like rich people problems oh yeah but but it was but i had no confidence that anyone who was involved this really knew what rich people problems were like (laughs) it was sort of like someone's idea of rich people problems because on the other hand uh darcy as a character we're introduced to her in new york city she uh is a financial a a personal financier financial manager i i guess she's running a hedge fund but it's not really explained what she's doing but she seems to be the one of those kinds of investment managers who has a select group of investors who who come together and did and do personal portfolios for them rather than you put all your money into a mutual fund or whatever and the 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 central conflict with her and her her uh office is she wants to take on any clients regardless of how much money they can bring to the table and for that we're supposed to see her as something as a noble person now i'm not much of a of, of a financial uh person myself i don't have an mba but i do know that to to invest in hedge funds you actually have to be accredited you have to bring a certain amount of money that's just basic uh the the regulations are there to protect people from losing all their money in uh, these kinds of high-risk investments so what darcy is proposing as far as i know is 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 not possible given the regulations that uh that are govern uh hedge funds and is possibly predatory in nature (laughs) (laughs) yes yes well well she has a bunch of evil uh uh partners in this you know because they're 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 vaguely bad uh they've never it's never quite explained why they're so bad other than they just they only want to have rich people investors right they're trying to edge her out and like take over her shares right she ends up helping out this guy who is like a hot dog vendor on the street and she's gonna get him into the it's it's like stock brokerage or something right and she's offering to waiver like her broker fees or something like that and which great but uh i i don't know yeah it's um i i thought it was really interesting to set her up as like the robin hood of the stock market (laughs) (laughs) but this movie doesn't seem to know anything about stocks 
It doesn't seem to know anything about rich people. It doesn't seem to know anything about New York. I mean, the, 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 the movie starts with an aerial shot that seems to be Brooklyn looking over the Manhattan Bridge at Manhattan. And then, like, suddenly it, it switches to Rockefeller Center and or, or to, to Central Park. And then it switches to a Jersey side view of Manhattan, like from Weehawken or something like that. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I, I don't live in New York, but I know what this is all. Is. It's like, what are they implying that people are coming, you know, all that sort of. That sort of uh, camera move is supposed to be motivated by, like, at the beginning of Working Girl, we we see Melanie <laughs> Griffith coming from Staten Island. Staten Island. And, and, and that makes sense. <laughs> There's, like, no narrative sense here. It's just like, yeah, that sure is New York. <laughs> yeah, no, they really want to establish the hell out of New York. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many establishing shots. And then the weird thing, though, is, like, they linger for a while when she's, when she's buying that hot dog on a subway sign that's like says something like stone cross street or something like that and i i was like i have never heard of this station i i looked it up there there this is not a station that exists in new york <laughs> so so somehow they they had to make up a fake subway st- station for for the this i, I don't know why but <laughs> Yeah, I like that it plays into the age-old Hallmark movie or romantic comedy stereotype of city girl goes back to her small town, runs back into her small town friend, realizes that small towns are the real America. (laughs) Yeah. It's also strange in this movie, like, in the book, she's from this place, Pemberley, Ohio. And in the movie, I think that's also true. But it's like, why did you still make it Ohio? Because everyone acts as if Ohio and New York are, like, really close to each other. And I was like, I don't know that they are. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could get on a plane from New York to Ohio, be there in, like, two hours. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's but- just strange, because later... She has, like, a a client of hers who goes to this party just to see her to be like, I'm still going to be your client. And it's like, you couldn't send an email for this purpose? Why are you here? <laughs> I would have been so spooked if that had happened. If somebody that I just knew on, like, a professional basis, like, found me at an event, I would be asking my friends to, like, hide me somewhere. It seems so stalkerish, but I, I guess in a world of no state probably not anything to worry about but he's so his performance he seems so into her too i was like in another movie you're the romantic lead because you seem yeah interested well that it's very affectionate yeah it is that actor brings a lot of intensity to his role and he's basically got two scenes in this in this (laughs) And and I I kind of want to know that actor's story. He's probably some character actor who like gets jobs like this all the time. He's he's the one guy in this uh, show that has a certain level of energy that he brings to it. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I'll I'll freely admit to not being the target audience for Hallmark <laughs> Christmas uh, movies, and I understand that Lacey Chabert has done something like what sixteen of these so far, or something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah. Uh, but but she seems a little tired in this film. She 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 doesn't seem to have be having much fun. 
You know, I think a lot of it has to do with direction. I think that Hallmark really pumps these out really quickly, and Netflix has started doing it too, where they're just trying to get out so many. And I, I think the direction can be a little bit lazy, where it's like, you know, this is a happy movie. Let's just get through it. Let's get it done. Um, because there have been times where you see a Hallmark or a Netflix holiday movie where you've seen these actors and other stuff, and they're actually really decent and there's a couple times in this movie where you see somebody being uh luke has moments where he's actually despite himself somewhat charming and you know you could see him if he were in a better film not being completely horrible uh <laughs> <laughs> but even Lacey chabert you know you've seen her in in, in other non-hallmark stuff where she's you know really decent um but at any rate, I'm happy to see her get work because I, I absolutely adore Lacey Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what more there is to say about the plot. I mean, she comes home to help out with the event. Well, uh, she it, hasn't been home for a couple of years. She has a she has a an ex who you're 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 skipping over and and you could be you couldn't be blamed for skipping over because that is <laughs> another one of these completely low stakes uninteresting plot lines where she had a boyfriend but she doesn't feel the spark is there so she's calling it off and he shows up at this charity party just in time to make one last overture to her and everything that you know you think could possibly make this a little bit more interesting like like the fact that Darcy might actually feel something for him or that he might become belligerent and angry or whatever that all goes nothing nothing happens you know he's he, he just he gives up graciously when she says no I don't I don't want to be with you and everyone's let down easy and the main thing is that uh, Luke sees this and thinks momentarily that uh that that maybe they're getting back together but that's resolved within the next two minutes anyway yeah that's yeah. such a weird like pro not proposal but it's such a weird like proposition he makes to her where she basically says like oh i don't love you and i don't think you love me and he doesn't confront that at all he just kind of moves on like oh but we could be good together <laughs> like that's not you kind of glaze over the fact that she's accused you of not loving her and like that should just be okay i don't understand that at all it, especially in the context of i think he wants to work with her in her father's business like probably not being in love would be better right we don't need to be romantic we can just work together yeah in the book it's the dad wants them to marry because he thinks that if they do, she'll move back to Ohio. And then he just ices her out for seven years. And then she comes home to be with her mom. And then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that seven years ago. Sorry that I haven't reached out in the past seven years. But here's seven years worth of Christmas presents. Go ahead and open them all. It's very strange. But in this, it's just coming from the ex-boyfriend himself. Who I guess is just, like, settling for her. Because, like you said, it's not like he's in love with her. He doesn't say, oh, I am in love with you, though. He's just like, but we could be together anyways. Yeah. 
Why would you complicate it? Why couldn't you just say like, you know what? I don't love you, but if you work for your dad, I think we would be great business partners. Like we obviously get along. Like, yeah, great. Do that then. Yeah. Um, but the whole dad's business, I really wanted her to like stick to her guns at, at the beginning of the movie. It's made known that she used to work for her dad and it didn't, you know, she doesn't want to do that. She wants to kind of make a name for herself and really like establish herself in this world, which I think like, great. I can imagine that's like really a man's world and, you know, investment banking, stock broker, whatever it is, she, whatever vague, <laughs> it, it's something that's like vaguely Wall Street, yeah. whatever she does. Yeah seems like it would be a really high power job and and she's at the beginning really firm about no i've got these principles i want to help people out i want to help people make money and i'm going to make a name for myself and then i really was hoping she would stick to her guns on that uh as her dad is trying to like guilt her into joining the family business and you know moving back home which i don't understand because they have a new york office she literally did not have to move home to be part of his business (laughs) But she caves eventually. She doesn't stick to her guns the whole way through. She eventually negotiates rejoining her father's business. Yeah, but that's yeah. another that's another one of these scenes that sets you up for conflict and then completely disarms everything. You know, in the <laughs> scene where he's ta- she's talking to her, her dad, she makes these uh, ultimatums about how she's going to she what she, what she needs before she will rejoin the firm and he says sure that's great that's wonderful great wonderful and every <laughs> time you get a scene like that where there actually could be conflict brought to a head nothing happens there, uh, early on in the story uh, a office assistant is calling her because somehow this office assistant has been snooping around and knows that the partners are planning on tossing her out somehow while she's gone to ohio they're going to have a, a, a meeting of partners, which I, I don't think you actually can do. You can't call a meeting without all the partners. There's, there's a lot of things that are that are very strange about that. But but uh, at this point, Darcy uh, arranges to have her video patched into this meeting of the partners. And it's supposed to be this big moment of, aha, I got you, where she appears. And then they just say, yeah, we don't like you. We want you out. And she says well, maybe you don't want me in, but we'll think about it. They hang up. And that's what it ends. You know, you want there to be at least like some yelling or something, you know, you want someone to throw something at the screen. But even, uh, I would say that's probably the highest stakes in the movie is that she might lose her job. She might get forced out. It kind of gets brought up over and over. And it's the one thing that doesn't really resolve immediately. It's, it's the only thing that doesn't resolve with the very next sentence. Um, but even then, it feels so low stakes and so uninteresting, probably to me as a, as a not rich person. I'm thinking like, I don't know, <laughs> she's still rich. She's still from a rich family. Like, she'll probably be just fine. Um, but you do feel a little sympathy for her because she does seem to be trying to do good, I think. Because she's trying to help yeah. people. At least she says out loud i want to do a charity once a year or whatever but they're also, still wealthy people and i don't have that yeah. much sympathy for that <laughs> yeah there's there's two other quote-unquote conflicts will she and luke get together and will they raise money at this event but 
in passing, they actually go to this youth center for which they're raising money. And the person running it says, and that volleyball court is um, all the stuff that we bought with last year's money. And it's like, wait a minute, you raised how much and all you did was a volleyball court? Like, you must have raised so little money. Like, why are you even bothering? <laughs> we got this, this, this net and this one ball. We're good. <laughs> right. It's like, you're making it sound like you're going to raise thousands of dollars and that there's like a real, you know, problem in this town and the youth really need a place and there, there needs to be like people paid to like work there or something and it's like no they just need wanna, very little <laughs> i want to talk about uh the the courtship here between uh between darcy and luke because that's supposed to be the big the big payoff of this this is supposed to be a big ro romance um but it's so again so tame i i guess it's because it's hallmark there's never like any actual sexual tension between the two of them so what they do is they uh they meet when uh luke is going to be called in to cater the event and they have just the the, the weakest of banter together and there's a snowball fight at one point that is over in two snowballs they <laughs> darcy knocks over a bunch of christmas trees and whoops how clumsy and that's supposed to be charming and then there's a lot of talk about mistletoe and darcy seems obsessed with mistletoe trivia <laughs> and very upset that luke speaking doesn't of know. trivia yeah now now I, this is this is supposed to be the big payoff at the end when they when they they finally get together is uh luke has prepared something about mistletoe and he talks about the uh the romans uh meeting to sign <laughs> treaties under that and you know it is true the romans did find mistletoe to be uh a, a sign of peace but but really the story of mistletoe is much dirtier than that the story of mistletoe from a pagan standpoint is it's supposed to be where thor ejaculated on a tree and it brought forth <laughs> it brought forth these you know green plants that grew in the middle of winter and if you're a pagan you're like wow that's amazing it's trees growing in the middle of winter and they had berries on them that looked a little bit like uh semen so that was it was supposed <laughs> to be a fertility th right to, to to kiss under mistletoe now i don't think hallmark wants to touch that with a 10-foot stick but... <laughs> what a, a pagan jizz bush they don't want that <laughs> no candace cameron Bure, she nipped that right in the bud <laughs> she wasn't having it you know what you know what blew my mind the other day, which is probably something that like everyone else in the world knows. Candace Cameron Bure is uh, Kirk Cameron's sister. Oh yes, <laughs> I um, didn't realize that. <laughs> I uh, going to seminary and going to like private Christian schools as a kid was like everybody loved Kirk Cameron, and Candace Cameron was like the woman that every good young christian should have wanted to be like she's gorgeous but she's also a woman of god and so um <laughs> oh yeah we we love the cameron family um I, so but the is she about, a proverbs 31 woman do you think oh for sure she's all about it <laughs> Uh, speaking of the mistletoe, though, I think that was probably my favorite moment in the movie. Um, it was actually genuinely pretty cute. 
they kind of had this like like you said there's not really any tension between the two of them of like oh will they won't they or you don't really feel any kind of like sexual tension between the two of them um but they have cute moments or like moments where they just are nice or sweet to each other um so the final it's like the third time they've ended up under mistletoe together and he actually thinks like oh she wants me to say this thing but she has this moment of like I feel like you see this reverse the other way where she's like, no, shut up. And she kisses him anyway. And um, it's actually like a sort of cute moment that I like. <laughs> I actually thought that the dialogue in the movie was much better than in uh, Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe, the book. Um, <clears throat> in the book, she goes to a party uh, that her parents are throwing in spite of the fact that her mom is sick. And... She gets really drunk and is annoyed that she has to talk to people she used to go to high school with and uh, grabs Luke and makes out with him in front of everybody under the mistletoe. And then at another event, she gets uh, drunk and and makes out with him under the mistletoe again. So when I heard that Hallmark was doing this movie, I was like, (laughs) how are they going to get around that? (laughs) And the answer was, they're just going to talk about what does the lore say about, you know, mistletoe like what's trivia about mistletoe <laughs> let's not kiss at all you know there's I think like it no drinking at all so great if they had done more of that because the movie is just it's a lot of dialogue it's a lot of people sitting in a room talking to each other there's not really a lot actually happening physically but the moments where you see like her and luke being playful kind of together it's the highlights of the movie like there's not a lot of gags, there's not a lot of jokes, but she has the moment where she knocks over all the Christmas trees because she doesn't want his help, and, you know, there's stuff like, like, the snowball fight. I feel like there's one in every Hallmark movie, but, you know, it's a moment of fun and lightheartedness, and I, I think if they did more of that, more of just, like, oh, look at them having fun together, look at them being, like, playful together, I think that would have made it such a cuter movie, but you just don't yeah. get the feeling that they're very interested in each other at all. Or they have these like super intense moments of like, I think your dead dad would be proud of you. And, you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just conversations I don't think you'd really have with somebody you knew way back in high school. But um, but haven't kept up with. Yeah. 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 It's like, I haven't seen you in 10 years, but I want to let you know. Right. I think your dad would be proud of you for making a restaurant. You know, again, I, I as I've mentioned before, I will freely admit to not being the target audience for this this movie. But at the same time, I watched this movie. My wife and I watched a Christmas Prince and a Christmas Prince Two on Netflix, and those I were, got eleven minutes into the second one. <laughs> those are incredibly stupid films, but they are but they are eminently watchable, um, and they have a lot more. They bring a lot more energy and silliness oh, yeah. and they embrace yes. i mean the the christmas prince 2 i think became very self-aware because nobody expressed expected christmas prince to become the weird cult favorite that it has become um <laughs> so i think that they really played up the goofiness in 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 two but as i watch these films i, I think to myself i just am not getting what the christmas connection is about these things they just kind of take place at christmas and there's 
Christmas decorations in the background, but the the season doesn't really seem to inform anyone's choices or drive the theme of the plot in any way. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it would be as much a Christmas movie as like Die Hard. It just took place at the time. <laughs> Uh, I think that would be great. I think that what Christmas Prince was Netflix as like what they were first trying to put out these holiday Hallmark-esque type movies. But Christmas Prince is such a funny movie. Like it's goofy as all get out, but it, it made it fun and funny and a lot of people laughed at it. But I, if Hallmark was more like that, I'd be watching all of them. <laughs> I mean, stuff happens in Christmas Prince, you know? Right. And, and you can't really say that of Hallmark movies usually. It's like, well, I guess we have to decorate in order to solve this problem. And then they decorate and then the problem is solved. Is well, usually I, what it is. I, I think that Netflix is a little bit more deliberate, right? Like you turn on Netflix to see a movie or you, you play it in the background sometimes. I usually don't turn on Netflix unless I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the new season of Luke Cage. Um, but I, I think Hallmark holiday movies have a feeling of like, oh, people just play this in right. the background while they're like cooking for Christmas or whatever. I, it, they feel a little bit less like, oh, you need to watch this because you'll miss something important plot-wise. You couldn't miss half this movie and still understood the whole thing by the end. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There's not much to it, though, right? Like, there's not a lot of plot. <laughs> they plan that yeah. she goes to Ohio to plan a party. They plan the party. The party goes great. And then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Well, there is the, the point that she uh, hires a local designer to uh, do these trees, and that's supposed to be some indicator of her business acumen or her ability to, her desire to help the little guy get ahead because she's choosing an interior decorator who isn't well known. But, you know, I look at the trees and I'm like, oh, they're, they're trees, they're fine. You know, and I also have a I have a hard time believing that even if you had a ton of money, you would be that jazzed to bid on trees that close to Christmas. I mean, doesn't doesn't everyone have their tree up already? <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why do you I've need an extra tree? I've also never heard of auctioning Christmas trees, but <laughs> yeah, and it's a real Chekhov's Christmas tree because they set it up. Right from the beginning, she walks into this person's shop and she's she takes a moment to look at the window display and she talks to her and she goes, oh, I'm an interior designer. And, and then like the next scene, they find out that their person doing the trees can't do them. And she's like, what will I do? Hmm. If only I knew somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's also... The crazy thing... No, go ahead. Sorry, the crazy thing, she's trying to pick up a basket of something to be auctioned off at this event, and it's a clothing store, so you're like, it's going to be a basket filled with, you know, clothes and accessories from this store. It's not. It's filled with yeah. chocolates. <laughs> it's like, what is the point of this? <laughs> there's a similar thing that... Anyway, sorry, it bothered me. There's a similar thing that happens at the party where um, the the servers all 
drop out from the from the uh, from the this charity party uh, because apparently people are dropping going to this party because they're they're they don't like the fact that the big name designer isn't there. So <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> everyone's so petty in this. So all the all these rich people have really petty things. But and the big the big uh, uh, solution they come up with is they're going to have the kids from the youth center come and uh pass around hors d'oeuvres and first of all i don't know if that uh, violates <laughs> okay. child labor laws or not but but secondly there's this offhand moment where the mom says well i'll never hire them again and i'm like wow that was <laughs> that was very nasty although to be fair like if i hired like a group and they canceled on me that day i'd probably be like that. yeah i don't want to hire those people <laughs> Also, how good was that six-person choir that sounded like it had 30 people in it? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely piping in some of that. They've got a, a pit choir somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> also, another thing I thought was strange was I could have sworn that front room that a lot of the scenes take place in and that they end up having the event space in has walls in it. And then... In the next scene, when they actually have the event, the walls are gone, and you can look into the lobby. And I'm like, did they remove walls? Is that why this was so hard to pull off? Is that the same room? Yeah, it's the, the same whole... room. It's just bigger, because you can see into the hallway now. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, the whole movie looks like it takes place in the same... I mean, it's like somebody's uncle's house. It all looks like it takes place in the very same small area so the point where like any exterior shots look like they were from somewhere completely different i mean when you see them like outside walking into the house i kept thinking like there's no way that exterior belongs to that house like it's an old <laughs> like the inside looks like an old craftsman style you know beautiful house um and the outside looks like a mcmansion kind of yeah. like a really yeah. cheap mcmansion yeah. And it's like up on the curb and it has like a weird step up and railing and it looks like maybe it's a community center. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, the, the earlier film that I watched for this podcast was Netflix, uh, The Open House, which was another of these films which seemed to be based around the fact that the producers knew someone with an interesting looking house that they could film in. <laughs> and I always wonder about the, the what goes on behind the scenes with these these. You know, you've got someone who like owns one of these ridiculously large homes, and uh, you know, do you do you rent that out regularly or not? You know, do you have to? Does that? Uh, you know, do they pay you? Do you pay them? I don't. I don't know what goes on with that. I am sort of obsessed with the locations that these particular types of movies have because you would think with how many movies that Hallmark puts out in particular, they would have their own lot, right? Of just sets generic they can dress them up different ways and it would be really easy uh even the last movie that megan and i watched lucky and love like she gets a company apartment and it is just massive i mean this thing has like i think they say in the movie it has a few floors and it's a new york apartment and she lives there by herself and she has a i mean like i i i um i would love to see what netflix or what Hallmark does for their location scouting in terms of like I know a person yeah yeah. 
Who knows, maybe it's one of the Cameron's houses. <laughs> right. I, I want to meet the person who thought, oh, she's going to have an apartment in New York. Let me see what I can find. I mean, this thing even has like a grand entrance uh, in the main floor of it. And, you know, <laughs> and, and you end up with the same kind of thing in this uh, this movie where it's like a little cute small town. It looks like it's out in the country, but then there's this grand old house with some kind of weird mcmansion exterior i i I come from the midwest and uh i I have family in illinois and ohio and i can tell i can attest that you you go to like a place like cleveland and you just get a little bit out of town you get to some of the biggest houses you've ever seen because land is so cheap there and and uh, construction is so cheap so all you have to do is be like a, a a fairly a successful podiatrist and you can own what would be like a, a 40 million dollar house in 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 la is you can get for you know a hundred thousand dollars there sure although i'd love to work for a company that gets me a three-floor new york city apartment <laughs> <laughs> i think it was san francisco but still that's still insane oh was it Boy, I, I can't so. remember that's that worse. movie. I think I think that's one yeah, of the only things I remember about that movie was the apartment. Was that crazy apartment that they gave her for no real reason? Right. Well, no, I think it was New York because she had to find to she had to like get on the subway to visit her friends who were in like a different borough, and she was complaining about how it was going to take so long to get from. Right, but I mean, I don't want to be. Again, again, for the third time, say acknowledging that I'm not the the audience for Hallmark movies, I, I suspect that a lot of the these films are uh, about a certain amount of wish fulfillment, and that wish fulfillment is not mm-hmm. simply a wish for romance, but a wish for material happiness. And there's a lot of uh, these establishing shots of interiors that are supposed to be just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and there's a lot of dwelling on foods and party uh, catering and these sorts of things and but but again it all feels to me like someone's daydream of this who doesn't really know this from the inside and it's it's all very unobjectionable you know if i had if I had, if money were no object and I could buy whatever house I, I could buy, I'd probably buy some crazy Frank Lloyd Wright, Wright house that would not be very <laughs> photogenic for a, a, a Hallmark movie. Um, but everything is very unobjectionable with these films. Yeah, it's all very um, conflict light where everything seems to take place in an idealized world and and problems are taken care of with very quick conversations uh, and... And it's also white as hell. Um, oh, yes. It, to the point that <laughs> the one evil partner who is trying to get her out of the firm is a, a woman of color. And I, I, I felt uh, that's a little bit weird in this in this movie that's a bunch of rich white people doing rich white people stuff. Mm. She's also named Austin. So it, <laughs> it feels like, screw you, Jane Austen. We're doing our own thing. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was an interesting choice 
boy, they took a really interesting idea and they really made it just so bland. I, I mean, I think a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice could have been so interesting, especially with the roles reversed and uh, the fact that they tend to make that, you know, an, an age-old story <laughs> with really complex characters and make it just so one-dimensional and boring and conflict-free was just breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, we're at our, our judging time, so how many stars would you give it, Becca? Boy, it was a chore to get through this. And I was trying to look for good things about it. If you're in a place where you don't want to watch a bummer, you've got that going for you. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. relatively happy, but it's real boring. I had to take it and, <laughs> and I had to, to watch it in in sessions. I'll give it two stars. Mm-hmm. But that's being gracious for my girl, AC. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. What about uh, what about uh, mistletoe? Did you laugh at all at anything that you saw? One out of Bo- five. Boy, yeah. That I can't think of a single moment that I chuckled at this movie. Not even for like unintentional goof. Just there was nothing for me here. <laughs> Zero mistletoe. How about you, John? Uh, what, what what's the rating? It's one star to how many? five oh okay well in that case zero no uh actually i mean (laughs) i too had to watch this in 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 spurts um actually the the, i i before i i got my hands on a legal copy of this and everybody out there do get your hands on a legal copy of this if you're going to do to that uh i i I tried watching it on on youtube and i found that there's this whole strange uh economy of people uh, putting up bootleg copies of Hallmark uh, movies on there, and then like giving the wrong movie for the wrong with the the other title. Uh, so I so I found <laughs> I found out all, all about a bunch of things that I didn't know about. So I would say, I the parts of this I enjoyed were the parts where I I thought to myself, is that really what mistletoe means? And then I went off and I I googled it for a while, or. The parts where I was thinking, like, is this what? What kind of finance does she do? And then I like stopped and I went and I googled that for a while, you know. So if you're the kind of person who obsessively worries about the, um, you know, whether they got the 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 facts right in the movie, you know, maybe you'll have two or three times here where you can go off and happily, uh, happily um, Google that stuff. So I'll give it a one and a half stars for that. <laughs> All right. Any mistletoe? Anything that um, you thought was a good goof? Anything that I laughed at? I mean, I. Uh, I, I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I, I. 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 I would chuckle at their their half-hearted attempts to uh, stir up something between the two of them. You know that that that's perfunctory snowball fight or the point at which. Yeah, there was. I mentioned the point where uh, Lacey Chabert knocks over a bunch of Christmas trees, you know, and it's all it's all highly telegraphed because they have all these trees in a line like dominoes, and they're going to, and you know, it's going to happen. And uh, the the guy who plays Luke like makes some sort of a quip, and all I could think when I saw that shot was like, he is nowhere near the same studio she is right now. <laughs> 
this was, this was completely added, you know, at some point later, and 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 those sorts of things always amuse me. So uh, I'll give it one star for that. Okay. Yeah, oh, I wow. think I'd give it two stars. It's not the worst of these I've seen, for sure. Um, it's really yeah. strange that they even chose to grab this book and try to make it as a movie. It wasn't surprising that they took the only gay character and made that character a straight woman, uh, her friend Haley. Uh, but, like, everything, there is nothing about this movie that is like the book. <laughs> Aside from the fact that her name is Darcy Fitzwilliam and his name is Luke Bennett and they fall in love. That is it. Um, <laughs> the book isn't much better. And, like, it just, it's just a wasted opportunity, like you said. Like, if you're going to gender swap it, if you're going to put it in to a new century or do both, like, why not really take advantage? And they don't. Um, and I guess, like, one mistletoe, it's not, it's not, like, crazy big acting or anything super weird that happens. It's pretty much, yeah. you know, center of the road. Yeah, it's very, um, even if anything goofy does happen, it's all kind of delivered with, like, a smile and, uh, you know, nothing seems to be like, oh, there's some really antics happening around here. And But for all of, uh, the guy who plays Luke, I can't remember his name, he looks like a perfect blend of, um, like, Luke Wilson and Peyton Manning. <laughs> and He does. <laughs> And there's something, like, I looked at him and I thought, there's nothing charming about this guy. But despite his best efforts, you know, uh, he has a couple of moments where he's at least a little charming. But it doesn't really come off as, like, it doesn't induce any laughter from me. Just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's kind of charming sometimes. But, yeah, not funny. Nothing about this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we ready for part two of your uh, Christmas Yeah. Be- Prepared to be blown away. I'm coming back now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To catch you up, uh, you both have no (laughs) points. Each one of these questions is worth uh, two points. And they're about Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, no. And they're multiple choice, though, so a little easier. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, back up. The Tia Maori Hardrick movie that premieres on December 16th is described thusly. With Christmas just weeks away, the architecture firm Taylor works for enters her in a contest in which teams will design and build blank. When her partner backs out, Taylor meets Adam. In an act of desperation, Taylor convinces Adam to partner with her for the contest, arguing that winning would give him much needed exposure. So. What does Adam do for a living, and what are they building? Is it A, he's a carpenter and they're making dollhouses? Is it B, they're making life-size gingerbread houses and he's a baker? Or is it C, he's a florist and he's helping her build Christmas wreaths? Ooh. Well, a a gingerbread house would be the most on-brand. And it seems wild. I'm going to go with the gingerbread houses. You got it right. Yay! <laughs> I have one whole point. <laughs> well, two, because this, this is a bonus round. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> and I'm arbitrarily making it too. <laughs> <laughs> My points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is a gingerbread romance. Okay, so you have two points. John. Yep. All right. Let me switch over papers. <laughs> okay. John, the movie that premieres on December 15th is described as such. Claire is a cookbook author, crafting expert, and TV personality. As she contemplates retirement, her daughter, Candace, is poised to become the new face of the brand. The only trouble is Kara can't cook, or so, or do any of the signature things her mother is known for. When a young girl posts video, a video online requesting Claire help, requesting Claire help welcome her deployed dad home for Christmas, Candace is sent in her place in an effort to prove herself a worthy successor to the board of directors. So here's a question. What wrinkle does the main character, Candace slash Kara, have to face? Is it A, a friend who knows she's use useless at entertaining shows up to town. This friend also knows about her other name, Candace. Is it B, a reporter will be sniffing around and might reveal she's not good at entertaining slash domestic duties? Or is it C, the board of directors is going to be sending their own spies to determine what her skill set is? Well, uh, I... Uh... They all sound equally terrible, but I, I think that the that the uh, that the friend who reveals your secrets is more a trope in these kinds of films. So I'm going to go with that one, the first one. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was B. A reporter will be sniffing around, and he might reveal that she's not good at entertaining. Oh, no. a reporter for uh, what? Movie... Where are his credentials? <laughs> I don't know. The movie's called Entertaining Christmas, and it has Jodie Sweetin as the Candace slash Kara character, who probably only has one name in the movie, but two on HallmarkChannel.com. <laughs> he reports um, to the church. He wants to know if she's an actual Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> I, I have to say, if, 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 print, if print media is dead, how, how are they affording to send embedded reporters out to cover uh these these uh these things that seems like a seems like a losing proposition who who knows oh by the way the little girl who requested carol um the reporter is her uncle Ooh. so john democracy dies in the dark the people need to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want to trust just anyone with entertaining uh advice <laughs> you have yeah. to make sure they know what they're doing <laughs> And reporters are on the front lines, making sure. Okay. <laughs> Becca, here's your next question. The movie that premieres on December 23rd is described this way. When architect and Christmas amateur Stephen finds himself hosting his family for Christmas, he recruits Gretchen to bring holiday joy to his home. What is Gretchen's job title? Is it A, holiday coordinator, B, event planner, or C, personal elf? Ooh, well, two of these are definitely not an occupation. <laughs> um, I'd love to be a personal elf. It's not a thing. Neither are holiday planners, right? 
I'm gonna say I don't know. I'm gonna say she's a holiday planner just because that seems like something a rich white person would do, where they have to plan (laughs) Christmas every year. (laughs) You got it right. (laughs) I made up the job personal elf. It's so good. I want to know what kind of made up jobs Hallmark employees can come up with. Just seems like something a a part time. Home I'm sure one of their do, interns, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure one of their interns just has like a binder of everything <laughs> that could be a job one day in a movie. Right, right. <laughs> okay, there's one more question. Where is it? Oh, here it is. All right, John, it's your last question. Okay. You cannot win, but <laughs> you can make the loss less bad. I can go bad. down swinging. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Okay. Uh, according to imdb.com, who has the greatest number of Hallmark movie credits? Is it A, Alicia Witt, B, Doris Roberts, C, Brooke Shields, or D, Danica McKellar? Well, I will <laughs> freely admit to know, to saying I don't know who any of these people are except for Brooke Shields. Um, so I will guess, and, and I will also like to point out that you gave me a four- uh, choice question here, which makes this uh, patently unfair. <laughs> so I'm going with with number four. Danica McKellar. Yeah, sure. No, it's Alicia Witt. <laughs> Alicia Witt. Some of these names sound so familiar, but uh, after seeing a few Hallmark movies, I I feel like all their names really blend together. <laughs> Well, Becca, you're the winner. Hooray! Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> should I should I state that I might have an unfair advantage and that Hallmark is actually headquartered in my city? <laughs> are you still What? <laughs> are you still live uh... Do the local reporters know about this? <laughs> Isn't that Kansas City that it's headquartered? Yeah, I used to live around. Yeah. I used to live around the corner from Hallmark Cards in Kansas City. Yeah, I I have a, cl- a close personal friend who used to run the Peanuts line for Hallmark. Yeah, so oh. she had a she had a really uh, you know, high profile job. They don't give peanuts to just anyone. No, that's a really important. I I mean, I have friends who work there who they they take Instagram photos of their work day, and it's oh, we were putting decorations on this wall and taking pictures of it, and here we were cutting and arranging flowers and it seems like such a magical place to work. (laughs) Wow. Well, I want to thank you both for uh, returning and uh, watching yet another uh, bad movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Even if you had to do it in shifts. (laughs) I think, I think next one should have um, like not as many violent deaths as the first one, but not as few (laughs) as the second one. work on that for me (laughs) sure (laughs) if uh anybody out there uh listening has an idea of the perfect number of deaths in a made for tv movie (laughs) (laughs) maybe one of the many headed shark series i don't know uh you can tweet it at the show at nabm podcast you can find us at not another bad movie podcast.lipson.com or you can search for us on facebook just search for the name of the show uh, do you guys have anything you want to say to the listener? Plugs? Christmas wishes? 
happy whatever holiday that you are celebrating and uh take care of yourselves and don't listen to haters who call you bahumbug because you don't like santa <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> and i wish everyone uh, a happy solstice the days will get longer yes. soon <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay, is that it? I, I I can't hear you guys. Are you there still there? I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm stopping now. <laughs>